Welcome to Behavioral Health Today, a podcast brought to you by the Triad Network. This podcast is designed to share trending topics occurring within the world and our communities and bring them a behavioral and mental health perspective. Welcome to Behavioral Health Today. I'm your host, Dr. Erin Elmore. My guest today is Lindsay Bonham. Lindsay is a therapist in private practice and a consultant who helps therapists feel calm and in control of their finances. Lindsay is the creator of the course Money Skills for Therapists, which has helped dozens of therapists and health practitioners in private practice learn how to manage their finances. She's also the host of Money Skills for Therapists podcast, which focuses on demystifying all things in private practice related to finances. We're very excited to have you on our show because today we're talking about your area of expertise, money skills for therapists. So welcome. Mm-hmm. Thank you for having me. Of course, of course. What was the inspiration for your path to helping therapists with money and private practice? Yeah. So um, I'm a social worker by training and that's always been, you know, like a big part of my personality is like feelings, person, emotionally intelligent, solving all my friends' problems, even when we were like literal children. (laughs) And then when I stepped into private practice, when I kind of went through like the agency route, stepped into my own practice and started my business, I realized that a lot of my peers, like my My friends from agency work who were like really talented therapists were terrified of going into private practice and stepping out of agency work, which was very draining for them because they were scared of like the money part and the finance part. And they were like, I don't want to have to think about taxes. I don't want to have to like deal with government stuff. Like I just want to be an employee. And that was so daunting to them that it actually like kept them stuck in jobs they didn't want to be in and kept them from actually moving into like their niche and like building a practice where they could really serve the people they love to serve. So it was actually stopping them from being able to like serve the people who really needed them. Mm, definitely. Yeah. It's something that isn't talked that much about in grad programs or in yeah. our training. I feel like they mention it a little bit, but it really is this whole other realm of trying yes. to manage a business, which can be very daunting. Oh, so there's such a need for that. That's great. What are some of your philosophies or approach for money skills for therapists? So because I'm like a, a feelings person, spreadsheet person combined, one of my good business friends called me the perfect mix of spreadsheet and heart, which at first I was like, am I insulted? And then I was like, I love no, that. no, I like it. I'm going to yes. own that. So because I have both of those things, I have a real balanced approach to money because so often for people who are, you know, in the therapy field, we tend to be more feelings people. And when it's just about like numbers where they're like, we'll just use this spreadsheet. People are like, okay, now I'm like having a low level panic attack. (laughs) So just looking at numbers alone doesn't help. So my approach is really about balance, right? It's like actually about coming into numbers, like through feelings and through stories, like what are your beliefs about money? Do you even Mm -hmm. think money is a good thing, right? Do you have guilt about the idea of even earning money? And we start there And then from that grounding, then we move into like practical things and skills, uh, as the name of the course suggests, like it's about skills, it's building literal skills. But often if we have really paralyzing money stories or huge emotions that come up like shame or overwhelm, those stop you from being able to learn. So we start with those first. And then once you've started to get more grounded about your stories, your beliefs, you can manage those emotions. Then we can move into learning how to use a specific tracking tool or understanding what numbers to look at. So it's uh, the emotional and practical balance is a huge part of how I approach money. 
I love that. That seems like a much more accessible way for most therapists yes. to access the information Absolutely. <laughs> because, because you're right. It really is. There's, so, they seem so opposite the heart and the mind and the numbers mm-hmm. and the feelings. And so yes. that seems like a great way to approach it where it can be tolerated for us therapists and that's really and learn. Yeah, yeah. That's great. And that is part of it is just building up your tolerance to those feelings. Like it doesn't mean that they magically go away, but if when you sit down to work on something, you're like, Oh, I'm anxious. And I'm noticing that story that I'm dumb and I don't know how to figure things out okay, that's there. I'm going to let that step back a minute and like remind myself of the things that I have learned. Suddenly you can make sense of what's in front of you. Yeah. Unless you set that aside first, you can't learn if you're overwhelmed. Right. And I'm, I think, I wonder if this is unique to our field. Cause I feel like a lot of people who come into therapy fields do it partly because they're terrible at math. Maybe I'm just just speaking about myself, but it was like, clearly all of the math fields were not going to be an option for me. No, Uh, There are people that are good at both, but I wonder if this is kind of a unique challenge to our field and and a unique need, which you're filling. Yeah. It's definitely specific. Like I, I could definitely think of other fields. Like I've, I've also worked with like creatives and artists and they often also have the same thing. It's where it's like, you're so smart in one area it's hard to be smart in all areas. Like that's just not how our brains work. I've, my, my theory of the human brain is like, we only have kind of so much intelligence, so it's going to be spread into certain areas and you just can't be great at everything. Right. So yeah, I think definitely for us, we're so good at feelings and human emotions and relational intelligence that for most of us, we don't also have like this huge love of calculus at the same time. Yes. Yes. But it can be learned, not the love of calculus can be learned, no. but skills can be <laughs> learned, which is helpful. That's so wonderful. Can be learned, but we don't have to learn it. (laughs) Financial math is actually arithmetic. Like it's like addition Mm -hmm. and it's like multiplication, subtraction, division. Like it is actually simple math. Once we get through those like barriers and stories that make us think that it's impossible to learn. You know, that is so true because when I was starting my private practice, I was so overwhelmed by it, but ultimately it turned out just to be an Excel spreadsheet that I keep and it's, it's completely simple math. So it is very doable, but it seems so daunting. So I love that you're finding this niche of helping people because it's so, so needed. Mm-hmm. What are some of the other challenges that you've seen with managing finances in this type of setting? The place that I always start is the intermingling of personal and business money, mm. right? So people often, they start their private practice, especially if you do go through like the agency route, which many people do. It's rare that people jump right out of grad school into private practice. So if you've been kind of like started your practice on the side, often it's like you've started it almost as like a hobby business. And so it's just in your personal bank account and then your practice grows and then you step into full time and suddenly you're running this full-time business out of like your family's checking account and all the money is like so intermingled and it's so messy and it's confusing and unclear. And you don't even know if you're making money (laughs) because maybe your partner's paycheck also goes in there. So that's a big thing that I see. And it's always a place that I start with people is just like, first of all, just create clarity and separation and boundaries. Because mm-hmm. when it is all mixed up like that, you can't even access the information you need about your business to see how your money is doing. True. You don't have the data for it. Yes. No, no. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And I imagine it's much more simple to just have a separate account anyway, because then you can Absolutely. see, you know, am I running low? Am I yes. undercharging? Am I, do I need an emergency fund for this business or not? Uh, it. But it, yes, when it's all intermingled, so you're suggesting people basically just give themselves a paycheck Yes. out of the separate business account that they have. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Cause that's the other thing that I do see Aaron too, is problems that we have is sometimes people, even if they do have a separate business bank account, they kind of treat it like their personal ATM. Yes. So yes. it's like, Oh, my hydro bill came through at home. I'll just grab the money from my business. Right. Mm-hmm. And rather than paying themselves like 
twice a month, like a regular business would, they're taking a dozen small withdrawals from the business just kind of as they need money. Yeah. It creates this kind of like vacuum effect where money's always being sucked out of the business, but there's no real rhyme or reason. And it may not be a very healthy amount for the business, but you don't even know that you're just like blindly taking the money. Yes. And that can make it confusing for tax time to see which, so. which things are deductible and which aren't. Yes. Yeah. That makes yes. sense. So that's one way people can start thinking about money skills. What are, what are other mm. early skills that you would add on to that? Yeah. So yeah, that's like my practical skill that I always start with is just create that separation and clarity. That's a practical thing you can do. <laughs> Calling a bank is not fun, but online banks are a lot easier than they used to be. So that's the practical. The other side that I always suggest starting with is that emotional side. Mm. And this is like the less tangible, more like just start to notice what's there for you when you think about earning money in private practice, having to manage your money, having to pay taxes. Like what are the stories and emotions that pop up for you? Because often we're so unconscious about those stories, Do you know, mm -hmm. use certain language that we don't realize that, oh, of course it's hard for me to like problem solve this because every time I think about money, I think about how I'm a massive failure. Oh yeah. Right. And like, we don't even necessarily think that thought consciously, but suddenly we're overwhelmed. All we want to do is like crawl under a blanket and watch Netflix and stop thinking. And we don't know why. Right. So when you can start to be curious about what those things are for you, then you can start to create that space from them, create that noticing of like, oh, this reminds me of when I was a kid and I got this message from my dad about how I'll never be good at math because my brother is the one who's good at math and I should stick to, you know, art or English or whatever, right? Like you get to start to notice and therefore create space from and create tolerance for, and even start to like shift and challenge some of those stories, right? Mm -hmm. If you don't know what they are, then they run you, right? But we know as therapists, obviously, when we start to become aware of our stories, we can start to work with them and we can work with those emotions and connect with people in our lives and start to actually shift and change them. Yeah. So that's the first thing is even just take two steps towards curiosity about what it is that comes up for you around money. Yes. I love that. Yeah. Cause it can be very empowering to yeah. finally break through that and realize, Oh, you know, not only can I do this, but I can do this well Absolutely. and I can do this for my business and it feels, yes. it feels really good. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And something that I, I tend to see with therapists is like therapists are very competent humans. <laughs> very you know, like, true. The work that we do, first of all, is work that like would send so many other people literally running, screaming from the room. Mm -hmm. Like the conversations that we willingly engage with, with people were like, let's talk about the worst things that happen in the world. <laughs> let's talk about <laughs> the worst things that happen to you. And let's just be with the emotions, right? Like mm -hmm. that in itself is this incredible skill set that I think we tend to undervalue because usually it's a natural gift that we have. But it is an incredible capability, right? And like, we have to be so grounded as humans to be able to do this work. And on top of that, you have that natural gift and then you, you go to school, you learn how to build a business. You know, like usually you're doing this work while also raising a family, probably taking care of other people in your life because you're probably a caregiver. Like we're just so capable. And it's just applying that to money, realizing like, oh, I can learn so many things and I have learned so many things and I can learn this too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a really great way to look at it. Cause really to be successful, you do need a little bit of both, you know? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. You do. Like if you don't know what's happening in your business, you're kind of driving in the dark, you know, and that's, that's the worst case scenario is that you have no idea what's going on and you're about to get a $12,000 tax bill that, and you have $0 and now right. you owe the government 12,000. Right. Um, you know, but the best case scenario of it is when you do start to know your numbers and you are grounded, you can make intentional decisions. You can make small changes in your practice, like small tweaks around your fees 
or cancellation policy that will allow you to take vacations, allow you to like send your kid to the summer camp you want them to go to that you thought was never in reach, like allow you to save for retirement. You can unlock the financial potential of your business, which allows you to be well and to thrive and actually continue to be a therapist. Cause that's the other thing that can happen is when we create businesses that we don't know what's happening, we can make like burnout machines where basically we've made a structure that doesn't even work, but because we don't know our numbers, we don't understand that we can't win the way that we've set it up. And eventually we just kind of tap out of the work because we're so exhausted. Yes. Cause I think it's natural for most therapists to want to give, give, give. Yes. That's, it's a good thing. Yes, it is. Yes. But also when you're out in the real world and not just in grad school, like you have to make a sustain, like you said, a sustainable practice, a sustainable thing mm-hmm. and knowing where the money is coming, where it's going. And like you said, making slight tweaks can really empower you to continue yes. and to have the difference from surviving to thriving in yes. a practice. Yeah, for sure. And yeah. when you are doing well, when you're thriving as a person, you do you do better work as a therapist. Absolutely. Right? You show up authentically. You're able to talk about something and it's not just like theory and you're like, well, I hope you don't, I hope you don't know that I'm lying right now when I'm telling you about <laughs> self-care and I actually ate Cheetos for dinner and cried myself to sleep. Like, it's like, you know, you are actually living the life that your clients think that you're living. And there's so much more like authenticity and presence that we can bring to our work when we are doing well in our lives. Right. And I think we deserve that. I mean, any other industry, they don't Absolutely. even think about that. They, you know, yes, they, they, they want, they want to turn it off. They don't question the day that. They want to enjoy their life. Right. No. Yeah. No. So I think, I think it is in a way thinking of the other side of yes. the giving aspect of us is mm-hmm. also, we need to receive enough to keep going. Precisely. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think doctors are like, ah, oh, but do I deserve to make any money? Right. I think I should be poor while I'm doing brain surgery. Like, no, right. obviously. Yeah. And, and there's many factors to that I think, you know, we're a very feminized profession, yeah. mostly women who are in the therapy field. And so there's lots of factors there around women not being told to assert what we need, get our right. needs met, you know, to be self-sacrificing, be small. There's lots, lots of components to it, but ultimately, yeah, if you think about it, there aren't many other industries where people question whether they deserve to make a living. Right. Right. Or feel awkward asking for payment yes. for their services. Yes. Yeah. True. Yes. yes. That makes sense. We'll be right back after word from our sponsor. Behavioral and mental health professionals provide critical support to our communities in a time when our communities need it more than ever. But they need support too, to continue their education, to connect with colleagues, and to advance their career. And so we've launched Triad, the hub for behavioral and mental health professionals. At Triad, you'll find education, community, and career resources for both current and aspiring behavioral and mental health professionals, all curated specifically for you and all for free. Visit us at hellotriad.com BHT to register for your free professional account. Again, that's hellotriad.com BHT. Come join the community today. Well, I'm sure there's probably two types of listeners here. Some who are like, oh, I don't, I'm not nervous about this at all. I just don't know what to do. And yes. then other people who are resonating with all these emotional aspects of the process. Yeah. But for both of them, you have this course that you put together mm-hmm. called the money skills for therapists course. Yes. Can you tell us more about that? What would people learn? What's the structure yeah. of it? What's that like? Yeah. So Money Skills for Therapists, it's a four-month coaching course. So it's a course that has six modules that walk you through step-by-step how to actually set up a system that works in your private practice finances, set up your financial system, understand your numbers, understand those tweaks that you can make to get your practice working for you, 
actually reverse engineer your practice to suit where you want to be. So look at what do you want in your life? And then from there, work backwards to set up your numbers all within the container of this supportive community with coaching from me and my coach that I work with. So it's like a very supportive, emotionally intelligent community to do financial work and actually build a tangible system that you will use during the course and walk away and continue to be able to use for literally the rest of the time that you're running your practice. That sounds amazing. I wish I wish that I had that when yes. I was starting out. That sounds- I wish that I had that too. <laughs> yes. I mean, I guess we can, I mean, what I did was gather that information yes. from many different sources, but yes. to have it all in one spot, a streamlined situation where you can just learn it and then apply it. I, I wish that I had had that or known about that earlier. That's so helpful. Yes. Whenever people take the course and they're at the beginning of their practice, I'm just so happy for them because it's like, they're not going to make those several years of mistakes right. that they have to fix, right? Like they're just setting it up thoughtfully and well from the beginning. And now they're just set for the rest of their career. Right. Like why make it so hard? It sounds like yes. you have an easy solution right there, which is so That's great. It. Yeah. I imagine there's a little bit of an investment in that, right? Yeah. Would you, you want to speak to anyone who's listening about, oh man, I really want to do that. But the yes. whole point of this is I don't have money. Yes. What would you say to them? <laughs> yes. I know there is always this barrier, right? Of like spending money because you don't know how to manage money. So you might not have any money. Right. Exactly. Uh, what yes. would you say to that? Yeah. Well, I would say, you know, investment wise, this is the beautiful thing about investing in your business is in your business, you are creating a machine that will literally be generating what's going to take care of you for decades to come, right? Like you're setting yourself up to make the money that you need to make. And so with business investments, there's always that little bit of like putting it in um, at the beginning. But I would say, you know, what I've seen with students and like what they're able to build for themselves when they do it thoughtfully, or even if you've been in practice for 20 years, I have had people in the course who have been in practice for 20 years. Yeah. By putting in that investment, first of all, putting in investment makes you actually work at it because True. often we're like, oh, I'll do it later myself. Um, and 20 years go by. Um, but it also means that you are changing something that will continue to generate money for you for the rest of the time that you're working. Right. So I've had students in the course who maybe it was a reach for them to get into the course and they were behind on back taxes. They owed a year of back taxes. They hadn't saved enough for this year. <laughs> now the next tax time is coming. They're about to get like, you know, like ha- they need tax money for this year. Plus they don't have money for last year. I had I'm getting stressed out like, just thinking about oh, this so oh, yeah. much. I had a student in that situation. And, um, after taking money skills for therapists, she in the, uh, four or six months until tax time came around, she saved up $18,000 wow. and was able to pay it all down immediately. Like just wow. like handed over and her husband didn't realize it. And so he, when they got their tax bill, he was like, what are we going to do? And she was like, well, we're going to pay it because her, her husband didn't even realize she had like changed the way she was doing things in her business. And she had $18,000 safe for taxes Wow! because she had set that goal. I bet that right? felt so it's really like good. The money up front can feel scary, but when you think about the possibility you're creating and also the pain you're saving yourself, like being able to pay an $18,000 tax bill, you're solving a problem forever um, that otherwise you could just keep having year after year. And right. Yeah. And I imagine it builds habits too, because that's such a good reinforcement to be able to pay that down and not worry about it. Yeah. Yeah. So it really, this course or learning these things is an investment in ourselves as therapists. And we are the tool to our industry, right? It's not like we're selling something. It's like we're selling ourselves. And so it it is such an important investment to make sure we can, we can do it and we know what we're doing. Yes. Yes, Yeah. That's so great. I remember you mentioning that you have guests that appear in your course. Can you tell us more about the type of guests that you have? Yeah, we have accountants come in. Um, we do like a quarterly ask an accountant call, which I have an accountant who comes in who's great. 
And uh, even though she's amazing, I still serve as a translator. <laughs> uh, so that's like, you know, calls where it's like, you can access somebody who like is really smart, but I still find I have been even the most accessible ones. Sometimes they talk in ways and I'm like, okay, so if we slow that down and talk about it differently, or when you say this, do you mean this? So we bring like, you know, that kind of knowledge to our community in a way that we make sure that people's questions are actually being answered and people are walking away, actually understanding what's been said to them. Can I just say that's a wonderful asset because yeah. And, and fumbling to start my own private practice, I would have a conversation with a CPA yes. or with, you know, a lawyer or something. And, and I always took notes, but then I was like trying to translate the notes afterwards because there really are different languages and different they fields. Are. So I love Absolutely. that you do that. So in real time, you can understand yes. what's going on. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I can see my audience appreciates it too. And they often comment afterwards, like students will say like, that is like the, like the most calm I've ever been with an accountant, like the most I've been able to like actually get my questions answered because so often too, I think because therapists were used to being so competent, we can send them shut down in the face of somebody speaking another language. And we're kind of nodding, but in our head, we're like, what's he saying? I don't know what's happening. I'll figure it out later. Uh, rather than stopping and asking our question and getting the clarification we need. That's wonderful. That's, that's so true. Um, and I know that you have expounded on this course. So you have this course, but then you expounded mm-hmm. on it to start a podcast. Yes. So tell us more about your podcast and what kind of guests you have there. What do you yeah. discuss? So the podcast is the same name, uh, the money skills for therapists podcast, and I'm having so much fun with it. We're, we're into season two. Now we're, I have almost all my season two episodes, uh, lined up at this point and we have, it's, it's all about the practical and emotional parts of money. It's a very like nuanced conversation we like to have. I'm all about like depth and meaning and connection at the end of the day. That's my jam. Um, So I bring on colleagues who have kind of figured it out to talk about money and we'll have conversations about money and how they shifted their relationship with money or what money has meant for them as they've started earning more money. Mm-hmm. Um, I have on students to do actual live coaching episodes. I mean, they're recorded, but it's a real coaching episode. So students who have taken the course and they'll come in and we'll zoom in on a certain issue and do like a 25 minute coaching session. Um, and my audience um, has talked about how those coaching sessions can be especially impactful. Like if you're listening to somebody work through a problem, that's literally your problem. Yeah. Um, and you know, you're walking through the process with them. There's just so much that we think is just an us problem. And it's actually, everybody is experiencing yeah. that problem or so many of us. Yeah. So those are our two types of episodes is kind of these conversations and then these coaching sessions. And it's been wonderful to make. I wish I had started it sooner. I love podcasts. I'm a big podcast listener and we've gotten like such just incredible feedback about it. Um, and people telling us they've listened to episodes multiple times, or they've gone back and listened to entire seasons over again. So I know it's really connecting for a lot of therapists. Absolutely. Yeah. And I had the privilege to be on it the other week. And so I I did some deep diving into like, what is this podcast and what's it about? And I have to say, I'm a fan. When I was looking into it, I was like, man, I really wish I knew this was here earlier. So I'd highly recommend if anyone's interested in it, just to go, go find it and, and listen to it. It's so, so helpful and so approachable. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's part of what I'm going for is trying to make these things that can be scary, approachable and understandable. Yes, exactly. Which is so needed. Well, as we kind of wind down, tell us how we can learn more about you and more about your course. If anyone's interested in in Mm -hmm. learning more about what you do, where can they find you? Yeah. So on social media, we live on Instagram. So it's money nuts and bolts on Instagram. We're putting out both practical and emotional, relatable money content on there all the time. And then the podcast, really, I think if you're interested in what I do, check out the podcast. And from there, you'll get invites to the course at times that we open it up. Um, And then when you jump into the course, you're like ready to go. 
Okay. So the podcast and everything's kind of a preliminary introduction and then yeah. there's a lot more content yes. waiting in the course. That makes now, sense. I will say for triad listeners, people yes. in the triad community, there is a way into the course through the triad community. But if you go through the triad community, it's hello triad. Yes. Hello triad. Yes. yes. Uh, so um, through there, if you go to the, the affiliates or partnerships page, you'll see us on there and there's a special discount Ooh. for uh, triad members as well. It's a generous discount and I'm, I'm sure it could be in the show notes. Usually we don't have the, like the front door of the course open all the time, but for uh, triad folks, we do. That is so great. And I'm sure for our many sensitive listeners that that's such a wonderful gift to be able to yes. have a little bit of a discount. So yes. that's so great. <laughs> yeah. And we are just thrilled to have you as a partner, by the way, I think this is such a necessary aspect of this whole field of mental yeah. health. And so it's so nice to have your input and your expertise in it. So thank you for yeah, coming today and sharing that with us. We appreciate thank you. you. Thank you so much, Erin. Of course. Well, I want to thank our listeners for joining Lindsay and me today. And I want to remind you that this episode, its resources, and all our other shows can be found on our webpage at triadhq.com slash BHT. You can visit triadhq.com slash BHT today and explore our archive. And finally, we want to thank you, our listeners, for joining in on the conversation. We really appreciate you being here with us and look forward to having you back with us next time on Behavioral Health Today. We appreciate all the support from our community. And if you like our show, one of the best ways you can support it is by giving us a five-star rating and leaving a review. Behavioral Health Today is a podcast part of the Tribe Network, all rights reserved.